you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Blanchard, and this week on episode number 311, I'm just going to talk. No fancy transitions, no interviews, just your friend and your brother from another mother, just another working man. I love my country. I love the people in it. And this, this show is just dedicated to you. We're just talking about the working man. I've played funk and blues and rock and old rockabilly. But this one was a hit from Merle Haggard. Hope I didn't do it too much injustice. Bones? Why do they listen to this thing? Guns, comedy, inspiration, entertainment, education, Americana. The Urban Shooter Podcast with Pastor Ken Blanchard. It's a big job getting by with nine kids and a wife. You know I've been a working man, dang near all my life, and I keep on working. Long as my two hands are fit to use. Now I drink my beer in the evening and sing a little bit of these working man blues. Well, I keep my nose on the grindstone, work hard every day. Get tired on the weekends after I draw my pay, but I go back working. Come Monday morning, I'm right back with the crew. Now I drink a little bit at evening and sing a little bit of these working man blues. Sometimes I think about leaving, doing a little bumming around. Throw my bills out the window and catch me a train out of town, but I go back working. Gotta buy my kids a brand new pair of shoes. I drink my beer in the evening and cry a little bit of these working men. Crossbreedholsters.com presents the Urban Shooter Podcast, the weekly pro-gun variety show featuring the internationally known black man with a gun, your friend and brother from a different mother, Ken Blanchard. Well, hey, hey, the working man, a working man like me. Never been on welfare, and that's one place he won't be. He's got to be working. Just as long as his two hands fit to you. Might drink a little bit in a tavern, and sing a little bit of them working man blues. Yeah, so I'm talking about all of America. Next up, John Wayne's going to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. And then we're going to get on with episode number 311 for the working man. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 
All right, next up, I just want to say thank you again for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for hitting me back on iTunes reviews and giving me a thumbs up on Stitcher Radio. Thank you for making me where I'm at. I couldn't be here without you. And we're just going to talk. So, all right. Here we go. I want to give a good shout out to uh, friends and family of the Unnamed Church podcast. That's my Christian podcast. And this song that you hear on the underneath of me speaking right now is from a sister who's very creative and just a joy to be around. Thank you, Sarah, for that. The Unnamed Church podcast. It's small. It's not. I don't, I don't promote it at all. It's just. It's just what it is. And while I'm journeying through here, free of charge, all my coworkers or former coworkers, I miss you. Just let you know that if you're listening, and uh, we all hook up again one day soon. Overall, I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. This week, I'm not going to keep you long. I'm just going to talk a little bit about some stuff that's happened in the past and kind of just share how I got to where I am now. You know me as the black man with a gun. You listen to me on Urban Shooter Podcast. You've seen a couple of YouTube videos, not many, because I couldn't go virus if I had a cold. But I've been around. I became a firearms instructor for the federal government in 1986. Went to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. Got certified as a law enforcement trainer. I was doing qualifications and tactical and counterterrorism stuff before anybody even knew about counterterrorism. After about four or five years of that, I wanted to branch out and do my own thing. Entrepreneurism, strong thing in my genes. I thought, yeah, I could be the community guy. I could help people in my community. I could go to the range. I could go to the gun store. I could just hang around and wait until somebody bought a new firearm and then give them training in their home. That didn't work out so good. That didn't, that didn't, it wasn't a good success. There's not a lot of money in personal training because people don't value training in all actuality unless you have your own facility and you can charge the ammo and the targets and make a whole package deal out of it. But I was trained. So I thought, all right, let me try something else. I tried security guard and um, requalifications and police recalls, worked with the Metropolitan Police Department, worked with, with some small security companies in the nation's capital because we have like 90 different armed groups in this area. But that wasn't it either. I got a chance to testify in Virginia with the Law Enforcement Alliance of America and the National Rifle Association for concealed carry reform in Virginia and in Texas and in South Carolina and Wisconsin and Michigan and bombed out in my own state of Maryland. But slowly started getting attention of a few people. Did my first radio interview at WOL 1400 or 1450 AM station. It was really cool. The host 
late, great Bernie McCain became like my personal uncle mentor. Taught me a lot of stuff off the air. I'd go after a midnight shift and sit in the studio and just listen to him talk to people and interact with folks. Thought, wow, I always wanted to be in a radio, but I don't have the, I can't come back like that. Don't have those snappy retorts. But I was learning. I think if you're from New Jersey or New York, you're able to, to come back faster. It was like the comeback capitals. And I respect that a lot. It's a cool gift. The further you go away from that, you slow down. Just the observation might not be true, but that's just how it seems in my household. So I started writing a book, put it in together, because I was learning at a time that motivational speaking was really big and everybody was trying to become the next great Les Brown or Zig Ziglar. It was this really tall guy that was walking on coals and making all these books and stuff, and he was selling a lot of inspirational stuff. And I thought, all right, maybe if I can just become a good speaker, I could help my business grow. So I worked on this book. Nothing earth-shattering. It was a primer. Black man with a gun. People fear what they don't understand. I love to write, so I put it together. And found a little editing company and publisher out of Baltimore that butchered the heck out of my stuff. Changed a whole bunch of it, even changed the title. And I thought they were the professionals, so they should know what they're doing. But that was a wrong assumption. Put some photos in there, which made it even tougher. Got some relationships with a couple of ranges so I could have some photos put in there. It was a learning experience, believe me. Got too creative on the cover and made it so scary that nobody wanted to cover it or to keep it. Got my feelings hurt twice. Went to an African-American bookstore that was growing in the area. They took one look at the cover and said, no, nah, we don't want to do anything with that book. But yet they had pimps, pushers, and hookers stories in the, in the store. So I was offended. When they went out of business later, I wasn't even mad. Got an email from the Oprah Winfrey show. Somebody in her book club emailed me and said, send us a copy of your book. Man, I was psyched. I'm about to be on Oprah. Yay. Six months later, I got an email back saying, no, that's not what Oprah wants to promote. Thanks, but no thanks. I've been anti-Oprah ever since. But I kept trying and had a lot of people who believed in me. While I was on the radio station my first time, somebody called in and said, we need our own gun club. And I thought, well, make one then. And I looked at around, I thought, okay, nobody wants to make one, I'll make one. So I called it the 10th Cavalry Gun Club, the Buffalo Soldiers. I had 100 people in a few days. It was amazing. I was not ready for that. It became like a, like a cult. If I go to the range, they, they went to the range. If I didn't go to the range, they wouldn't go to the range. We could take over like a, 
a restaurant. It was like really, really cool. But I wasn't ready for that kind of uh, attention. I just wanted to be a trainer and help people. I wasn't trying to lead a movement. Some people were anti-establishment. Some people were preppers. Some people were nationalistic. I learned a lot about black people those next couple of years. I had been removed from it, I thought. I didn't know anything about the plight of the African in America. I didn't know about the history, and that's what prompted me to become such an advocate. And then the more you get into history, you find out that the African was no different than the Chinese, than the Italian, than the French, than the Irish, that everybody, when they got here, however you got here, got abused. Some longer than others because of your color. But everybody got abused. Not equally, but got abused. And then, I just kept pressing forward. The internet changed a few things. We used to have bulletin boards and fax machines were big stuff and they were still anti-gun movements back then. But it allowed us to have like small clicks almost. And I worked as best I could to grow, to help, to do. Had a couple of really um, strong supporters. They actually paid for my website. Back when everybody had AOL 1.0, I had a, f- a website with Flash. James Brown was playing. I remember one lady said she spilled coffee on her keyboard when she heard James Brown scream. When, it, when the whole site opened up, it was amazing. I had a site to behold. Such a successful site that the NRA thought I was doing so well that they thought they didn't have to support me or help me. I had been begging. And they had used, I had, a nice, had a really nice relationship with them. I had been used a lot. They had given me media training. Some great stuff had happened. But still solo. I remember borrowing money to catch a flight to California to my first Second Amendment Foundation Gun Rights Policy Conference. Me and a friend. Cool. And everything kind of just snowballed slowly. My first shot show, my first anything. NRA function, I became uh, Eddie Eagle uh, person, correspondent. Brought Eddie Eagle to Anacostia in Washington, D.C. to a very big African-American summer festival. Eddie almost died of sunstroke. It was about 99 degrees that day. But we passed out everything he had to the community. I remember getting an award from the St. Gabriel Pacenti Society. Probably one of the first couple of people to get, get a medal for that. Testifying all over the place in churches and mosques. I testified in places where I almost got run out on a rail in the black community. I wrote articles for places that you've never even heard of before 
My name has been written in the Chicago Defender and Final Call. I've been in I've been in stuff that like folks that like guns don't go. And all of it didn't make the paper. I've spoken to libertarian groups and to Republican groups and at the National Press Club and I've flown to California to, to start up with new groups and been in the trenches since 1991. And then around 1999, somewhere in there, I decided to let everything go and just kind of pursue my calling into the ministry. But the world doesn't change. There was still violence. There were still issues. People still wanted to be trained, and every once in a while they would call my name. And I almost got put out of a church. I had just become a licensed minister book was just published. They didn't like the whole association thing. Yeah. All I was doing was serving God. Had a big whoop to do Church had a big fight. Fired the pastor there. And uh, in the interim, I started a non-denominational church online called In the Wilderness Ministries. We had a fundraiser, went on a carnival cruise, had church on and on the cruise ship. I worked a whole bunch of biker events. And near the end of that, I was starting to grow a small congregation of folks that met once a month. Then I got called to work in this little church in D.C. that I'm now the pastor of about seven years ago. And they didn't have a pastor. So I worked whatever they needed, took the abuse. It's all for, for the Lord, you know. Thinking that a couple of them had actually purchased my book, knew, knew my heart. But that was not the case. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've testified and talked to the Pink Pistols and all kind of groups. I remember getting the Carter, I think, G. Harlan Award for civil rights. Tanya Mataxa gave it to me when I was uh, I was a guest at the uh, NRA annual meeting. I believe it was in Houston. Or Phoenix. I forgot where I got flown to. I know it had like really good coffee. Got a chance to meet Charlton Heston, a person. I mean, I really loved that dude. It was some good times. Been around this space for a minute. So I've been working both in the church and federal government. Then 9-11 came and I just kind of got tired of the whole government thing and left for a while. Got called back in. Became a contractor. And worked out until just about a month ago. At the same time, trying to still get this thing, whatever this thing is, off the ground. A media guy, a speaker, a writer, author. I painted for a little while. Sold about 10 of my paintings on eBay. Sure did. But around 2007, I got a chance to be on that podcast, the Gun Rights Radio that changed everything. 
I could have an on-demand radio station in my basement. If I didn't freeze to death and the washing and dryer wasn't too loud, I was going to make a radio. I was going to be the DJ. Don't know what I was going to say, but I could work on it. Five people, 10 people, 20 people. I had met quite a few people in the 15 years before I started that. Quite a few. All I do is look at my Rolodex and pull up a few cards and maybe have a few guests. But then it caught on, you know, like everybody had a podcast and it's still growing. It's growing like leaps and bounds right now. And I got kind of, you know how you get defeated. Nobody wants to listen to me. I don't have a range. I don't have the newest gun anymore. Um, I don't have the many firearms to begin with. But then I thought, you know, back in the 70s, everybody had a variety show and I loved them. The Johnny Carsons, the... Dean Martins, I mean, everybody, Carol Burnett, and they were funny. They had music, they had jokes, they had interviews. I thought, let me just do it for the gun people. Maybe somebody will listen. And somewhere in there, I will make sure I give some gun reviews and some tips and some actual firearm stuff. Well, that was then. Now look at you listening to your friend and your brother from another mother? Who would have thought it? Me, just a regular old simple man, working man, trying to make a difference. There's probably some more drama in it I missed. But today, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to all the men and women around this great nation and and the world that have been fighting to keep the Second Amendment, alive wherever you are. I know the folks in New York have been braving the weather and the snow, and there's been some great crowds up in Albany. I got a really good note from Larry. He called, and he gave me a little bit of correction about some stuff that Raquel said on last week's podcast, and that was, like, really cool. Gave me some um, names of some people from the state senate that I should contact. Phil gave me a nice little note, said that there were 8,000 people in Illinois for the iGold. He got a chance to see Otis McDonald and watch him get the full rock star treatment. Said he was sitting next to a bunch of the coolest folks in the world. To his right was a dad and a daughter, 12 or 13, same as his son. And his son spent an hour before putting the moves on her. (laughs) That's funny. And to the left were a couple of stereotypical gray-beard gun owners. Behind them were a bunch of late 20 and early 30 guys. Two were black in some seriously expensive suits and ties, and other guys were ponytail white guys. And Phil gave me, like, the really cool thing. He said um, it was awesome, black guys and white guys debating 45 versus 40, appendix carry versus 4 o'clock. In the middle of it, the grayest of the graybeards turns and says, what you really need is a plain old Glock 17. Pull it, point it, keep making it go bang until the bad guy stops. And it ended up on walking with the black guys on the march. And a guy named Marcus turns to Phil and says, y'all need more black folks. You white folks do a good job with flags and signs, but you can't do a protest chant worth a damn. And that is the coolest thing I've heard all day. All of us together. Because we probably do get that chant thing down. 
but we're all in this together. And, and I'm thanking all the brothers and sisters that I met in Maryland that did the two and three day thing. It was a done deal. Those guys are, they're, they're politicians. They've got their mandate. They're going to do it. Damn us anyway. But they were not expecting to see the numbers. See, in Maryland, it's all about numbers. They already got the, the, the bean counters have already said, you know, based on the number of licenses, based on the number of um, gun owners that are registered, based on this, you're only like a percentage of, of X in Maryland. So we can go ahead and do what we want. They had no idea that that whole percentage, almost 90, 90% of them came to Annapolis. That they weren't expecting. And we got to keep on shocking them where we can. Keep continually being in the brotherhood of the republic. And it happened in New Jersey. They weren't expecting it either. Colorado got shook because they thought they were okay. They weren't in the city. They weren't in the East Coast or the West Coast, so they were all right. But Colorado also working on that same mandate of the hell with us. I'll tell you what. I've been a minority all my life. And I guess you're, you're one now because you believe in freedom and personal responsibility. Don't quit. Don't give up. You can make it too. We're going to, we like fell down on this one and we got hit below the belt on this one, but stay in a fight. Just remember who your friends are and who your enemies are. Make sure you don't vote any of those people back in the office. That's how you take them out. Take a deep breath. Remember all the politicians that voted against us. And don't let them back in. Work harder. Work smarter. Continue to educate your family and your friends and your neighbors one person at a time. Continue to stand for what's right. Proverbs 17, 17 says that brothers are born for adversity. We became brothers when we stood to fight regardless of color or creed. That's the best part about America. Folks don't get it. They don't. Right now, we are a minority of gun owners, and I'm hoping to look and look forward to seeing you if I can afford to go to Houston this year. Just for the simple man, just for the working guy. I really understand how all that stuff works now. I see the politicians. I'm here in D.C., I see the phoniness. I see how they get elected in office and forget who they who got them there. I see all that. I see the deals they make in the cafes, the deals they make in the bars on Capitol Hill, the pressure that people put on them to do stuff when they, they come here to do a right thing. It's, it's tough. And I also see your sweat. I see what we go through. I see how you took off from work and had to make sure your kids were taken care of. See, to them, we're just things that can be manipulated. We're not people. Well, I know we are. I had a really nice phone call this week with um, Ron Garrett from Garrett Industries. Remember when he was first starting out? That dude is doing really good now. Check out GIMagClip.com. They make some really cool Kydex stuff. Got another friend from the holstersite.com. Makes custom stuff, pretty stuff with exotic skins even. My friends in Tennessee at LuckyGunner.com. 
they're celebrating their fourth year, fourth anniversary, their fourth birthday this, this week, today actually. It's nice to see them still surviving with all the regulations and crazy stuff. But they still got ammo for sale, so if you need it, go to LuckyGunner.com. I got a chance to work with um, FredSport.com. There uh, used to be Fred Sport and Furniture. What a combination. It was like my favorite place to buy all my saltwater fishing gear down in Waldorf off of Crane Highway. And uh, they just recently took out all the furniture storage area and the cowboy gear and put in a range. And they took some flack for it because, again, the banks and uh, statistics say that there's not a big percentage of handgun shooters. So they're taking a risk. But I'm watching that thing grow, too. I got friends down there now. I got a chance to, to shoot and take a reporter to the range just the other day. Got a brand new Glock 17 model or Gen 3. And they went to four. Asked for the three on purpose. Probably got the last one in Waldorf. Stuck my Viridian green laser light combo thing on that thing. Looks all fancy. Just got to find a holster that can fit that bad boy now. Or it won't have to come off. And took the reporter and the camera guy. Who also spent two hours at my church watching us uh, worship the Lord. So that should be pretty cool. I'm hoping... They actually play that combo in a church, man. The church was not happy. I got pulled in just last week and counseled and talked about. They said, we're not trying to step on your First Amendment rights, but we don't like the fact that you're adding the Second Amendment and the church's name with it and the whole politics together. It doesn't matter that the roots of gun control are racist. It doesn't matter that they don't know anything about their own history. It's just the name of the church and the people I'm talking to. I could go all negative on you. But in my learning of my history, I also realized that Dr. Martin Luther King was not liked when he was a civil rights activist. He brought too much attention to the church. His dad, who was a senior pastor at the time, said, maybe y'all should go up north somewhere, out of Georgia. In other words, get the flock out of here. So, though I got a few friends that listen to me here, I got a whole congregation that I look at at least three times a week that doesn't. And then when I brought in, when the uh, media came in last week, woo, talk about some tension. They put on a good show, though, but I know I'm going to catch it this Sunday. It's always been that way for me. Struggle. Fighting so much when I don't have somebody fighting against me, I don't know how to act. Born a Klingon, not even trying to be one. All right, take a quick break and... Uh, for some advertisements, just uh, to clear my palate, maybe give you a chance to rest. I've been talking for the last couple of minutes. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. 
whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. TopGunReview.com It's a new site for new shooters. Helps you find the gun that fits your needs. With buying guides, rankings, and reviews. TopGunReview.com Where new shooters find their gun. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Check it out after the show. TopGunReview.com All right. Nice little break there. Don't forget, uh, we have the freedomsnetwork.org. It's something I created. It's a mini social media site. Um, it's a place where if you're a blogger or a podcaster and you don't have your own forum, but you want one, you can have your you can build your own community on it, actually. Yeah, you can. You can um, just let me know. I'll help you put the RSS feed there so you don't have to double anything. You can just put it so it's there. And it needs some work right now because nobody's really said, can help me do anything. So what we have is about 300 plus people just talking like Facebook, but it's not, it's not like Facebook because Facebook got ads. Facebook has millions. Again, we got about 300 plus people, but if you want to build your own little community, your own little time, there it is. Freedomsnetwork.org. Also, I got a, I'm calling out all my writers. Anybody want to become a blogger? that doesn't already have a blog. I want to build a gunrightsmagazine.com. It's there, Gun Rights Magazine. It's a community blog. Take all the heavy stuff out. You know, you don't have to get your domain name. You don't have to do all that stuff. You want to get your stuff published? Yeah. You can do like Rick does. Rick, Rick has like three articles up already. I'm so happy for my man. And we're just getting started. You could be contributing editor or writer for Gun Rights Magazine. Just send me your article, blackmanwithagunandgmail.com, and a picture will be really cool too. Kind of pertains to the article or whatever. And about a 500 by 500 or somewhere in there size, some kind of big, 5 by 5, something like that. Boom. It's there, baby. Back when I had money, <laughs> I created a couple of things, all for us. Speaking of which, the American Gun Owner Project, it's about to happen. It's popping like popcorn. At the time of this broadcast, we were down to like $200, and it was about to be funded. I asked for $2,000 to um, buy some camera equipment and some software to get that thing launched. And I got a couple of ideas because I didn't want it just to be me talking head. Cause my, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as pretty as Coleon Noir. I can't do that thing. But what I want to do, though, is make it like the Urban Shooter podcast. How? I have no idea. But I know some people who do. I want to shoot the footage and then send it to my folks and have them fix it up and put it online. Be a pro-gun variety show that you can see. It's a lifestyle of freedom. You know, I got big, hairy, audacious goals. The show, 
the good side of us. And I'm almost there. Got like 45 backers. They gave, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, $100 for the two grand. And it's more of a motivational thing than anything else. I could have used way more money than two grand. There's a teleprompter I was like looking at. Because I can write some stuff, but then I can't, I can't remember it. So I figured I had a teleprompter, a real one. I could write my stuff, put that thing in a teleprompter and preach it like the daily news, man. But that, that was like $1,500 by itself. Then there was the, um, the wireless microphone so I could do stuff on location. That was $800 by itself. And we ain't even talking about the Final Cut Pro and the other stuff that Apple has got. But got to start somewhere, right? And that's where I'm at. AmericanGunOwner.tv. Look for it by the end of this month. This is it. March is going to be popping. It's going to be happening soon. It'll come out slow. Hopefully it doesn't bore you to tears. Might just have like one interview per per show. Nice YouTube thing, about five, six minutes. And we'll, we'll gradually get it as the weather gets warm and I start traveling. Go to the ranges, do some stuff. Get on the street, let you see some crazy people. We're going to put all that there. And I've even promoted it to a couple of um, major networks. I haven't heard anything back yet. Which is probably a good sign. Because I've learned sometimes if they don't say anything, they're still thinking about it. You can get a no like really fast. Yep. So, got high hopes. I'll be at the Virginia Commonwealth University speaking about African Americans and shooting and gun clubs and some other stuff. It's going to be pretty cool. I think I'm coming to New Jersey um, in a couple of weeks. I've been invited to a 4-H club event with some young people. Hope to go to that. And who knows? I'm moving and grooving. Still broke. But it never stopped me before. Again, I thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank you for being my friend on Google Plus, on Facebook, Black Man with a Gun dot was it Black Man with a Gun One on Facebook, the Urban Shooter Podcast fan page on Twitter at Ken N. Blanchard, and the website BlackManWithAGun.com. Thank you for all the um, the radio interviews I've had in the last couple of days. It's been from coast to coast. Next up, Aesop's Fable. This is an old fable that's been told by several different people in different vernaculars about a wolf in disguise. A wolf, by his frequent visits to a flock of sheep in his neighborhood, began to be extremely well known by them. So he thought to be more successful in his sneak attacks, he would appear in a new character. And to this end, he disguised himself in a shepherd's coat and rested his forefeet upon a stick, which served by way of crook. He made his approach toward the fold. It just so happened that the shepherd, the real shepherd, and his dog were both sleeping on the grass where they couldn't be seen. The wolf would have succeeded if he hadn't tried to imitate the shepherd's voice. 
emit a horrible sound and awoke both the shepherd and the shepherd's dog, which took him out. The moral of a story, hypocrites frequently lay themselves open to discovery by overacting their parts. All right, hopefully I didn't bore you too much with that one. And it's just relaxed. If you're not um, shoveling snow or going through some stuff, you might want to just want to catch up on your podcast. This one's a little shorter than usual. And uh, this is about it. Quick shout out to NovaArmament.com, my favorite gun shop in Northern Virginia. A simple man working on the land. Oh, it ain't easy. I'm just a simple man working with my hands. Oh, believe me, freedom is the only thing. It means a damn to me Oh, you can't fake it Freedom is the only song That sings a song for me Oh, we're gonna make it I am just a simple man Trying to be me Oh, it ain't easy. Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the show. If you need me, call 888-675-0202 and you can leave a voicemail message. Email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. The show notes for episode can be found at blackmanwithagun.com and all my social media links. If you're new, please give a review on iTunes. A thumbs up on Stitcher Radio app. And if you like what you heard, please go tell somebody. And until you hear from me or see me in person, shalom, baby. Man, that was just too darn hard. Trying to do the play guitar and sing at the same time. Nah, buddy. We're going back to the music tracks on that one. Thanks, y'all.